I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined as ever by Bradley Todd. Brad, hello. Good afternoon, Tom. How are we doing? Yeah, really well, thank you. Um, I thought you said good afternoon at 20 to 9. Oh, do you know what? Yeah, as soon as I said it, I was lost... like, you, plonk, you plonker. <laughs> you've lost, uh, you've lost track I of the I think I've been sat, sat at the same spot all day. I've lost what kind of time it is and everything. Yeah, so. I, uh, it's, it's actually the nights are drawing in now. We're getting to that point of, uh, point of the year, um, aren't we, where... Uh, you know, it does get dark oh, and stuff. Pressing. Yeah, I was thinking that earlier, how quickly it's getting dark now. I know I'm getting old, because those sort of things actually affect me now. <laughs> you start uh, saying them things, whereas yeah. before you wouldn't. Yeah, I don't care. I'd be out of it and, and not worrying. Um, but no, we just had a good week um, on the on the DP World Tour, watching Guido win for uh, 62 oh, yesterday. Unbelievable um, shot, wasn't it? Oh, that shot in the final hole was... It's worthy of winning any tournament. Yeah, and just like the round in general, right? Like, yeah. we know he's capable of doing things like that, but in that tournament, on that golf course, he didn't really seem out there. I mean, he what was he, like four shots better than uh, mm-hmm. J.B. Hansen, who was the next best? And then, yeah. like, he really had to shoot all of that as well because um, Rasmus shot a 68. Like, it wasn't... It wasn't like no, he was. No, he didn't. Like, yeah, it's not like he blew it. Really, you'd think he'd done enough. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Like, he, I mean, he did in a sense because he had that eight on the par three, didn't he? But Mm-mm. at like, least it made it interesting, and it did. It, it did brought people yeah. back in. And to be honest, like, it's another one, probably a bit like you and Ferguson at uh, Himmeland, Like, probably did everything they needed to do to win, even after his blunder on Saturday, um, mm. and still just got beat. You know, and, and it took a sixty-two to do it. So. He shouldn't yeah. be too uh, down on himself. He should be, he should be okay again, and and really good for Guido. I mean, it's been been a while since he was good, wasn't it? So it has, and he's he's such a joy to watch when he's like that. He's got like a swagger about him, just he, um... so much confidence in his shots, you know, full commitment, and uh, yeah. I'm delighted for him. It's just a bit of a annoyance when you've backed him through the roof and yeah. he goes and wins. Like, I think were you on him the week before as well? No, I wasn't. But like he wasn't. Yeah, he um he has this like freakishly like locked in demeanor. Like he didn't. He he just looks so laser focused. Even to the point they must have been yeah, watching it. Like almost. Yeah, isn't he? like he does that little fist pump that. He almost expects it to go in. It was a bit like Rory McIlroy-esque, like it wasn't a big yeah. No, when he's dialed in, it's quite scary. He um, they must have like him and his party must have been watching it on like Sky Go or something because they were miles behind like the coverage, weren't they? So like mm-hmm. they were like waiting for Rasmus to miss a chip, and then even when he missed it and his like girlfriend was celebrating, like he still looked like completely <laughs> in the zone. Like he just yeah. he never really snapped out of it. So that was funny. Um. Yeah, no, good, good to see him. I mean, you know, you look at the the winners since the, uh, you know, since the Ryder Cup sort of selection started, and it's good signs. So, although it's, it's a tough one because I still wouldn't put those players necessarily in the forefront of team selection. But I think we've already said before, like with the like the pool of players you can choose from, not closing. Um, these are the guys that mm. need to step up, I guess. Yeah, they need to step up. I think he's definitely like throwing his hat in the ring there with his performance. He has, so, isn't he? Um, no, he really has. Yeah. Um, it's one of those ones where I try not and to And he's get... a good match. I mean, did, he won a match play event, didn't he? In, um, yeah, did he, did he win the Belgian knockout? Was it the Belgian yeah, one? Yeah, he did. 
Yeah. So, I mean, he's got that as well in, on his CV, which always bodes well. He, he's, he strikes me as one of those people that would be... Joe you know, reminds me a bit of Olison, like Fulvian Olison. He, he strikes me as that type of player um, yeah. that, that could go on and win five, six, seven, eight times and, you know, could have a really sneaky... I mean, he's had that fourth-place finish at the US Open and Olison obviously mm-hmm. had that kind of sixth at the Masters. Do you know what I mean? Like, it strikes me as a similar sort of player. Mental, yeah. So... Um, I think I've got a very high ceiling, hasn't he? Yeah, he just needs to see yeah. it on a, cons- a more consistent basis. That's all we need to see. I, mean, like, I think that, that's what I sort of said to said to Sky on the on the Palmeiro show. Like it's you, you just want to see because like there's always people that are volatile. Like, I would consider sort of Rasmus Oigard a little bit volatile. Like he's he's more mm-hmm. consistent than Nikolai, but like he still has his like peaks and troughs, and that's okay if you're winning like Olison does six, seven, eight times or whatever. But like. He, he like Migliozzi just like went off a cliff, um, and I'm hoping that there's going to be one of two ways that he's going to react from this win now. Like he's either going to be completely freed up, and mm-hmm. that just leads to even more good golf, or he's going to slack off a bit because he's got back to where he should be, um, and, and just sort of takes it for granted. And you don't know how a 25 year old is going to react to that. Like he's still no, that's young. That's right. Um, and I think to be honest, like, I think you probably struggled with like COVID. Like I think a lot of young people did. Like young successful trying to I think he was living in like the Middle East or something at the time like mm-hmm. you know it, it can't be easy to adapt not being able to go back home all the time and things like that so uh, you know there's a number of reasons why the people struggle yeah no got to take that into account so yeah no so good to see him back on is, is the main thing um any other sort of takeaways from that French Open or other no, than the fact I think the course was you know one that we want to see love to, yeah love to see the course again um, but no not no other takeaways other than I was very disappointed with, with Rosner's yes. um, final yeah. round display that wound me up a bit I thought oh Christ he could have a go at it here three shots behind final day but he just could not make the most of the par fives and his partner again let just, him down yesterday didn't it it's just woeful that's like God. I thought so, it looked um, a little bit like because they said, oh, he's, he's made it, nice part on the on the final hole, but it, it looked really bad, like the stroke. It, he almost mm. looks a little bit, not yippy, I don't think he's got the yips, but like, it's not good. Um, no, it's, there's it's no not easy on the eye. No. So, uh, I, I think there's always going to be a little bit of a drawback on him, but, we again, we know, like we did with Migliotti, we knew what he was when he first came out. Oh, like, exactly. Great putter, streaky putter, so it can happen. Like, we've seen it with Beesberger and people like that, like you go for a real strong periods of struggling with the short stick and, and that's it mm-hmm. so hopefully he comes out of that um i thought thomas peters was eye catching again although he let himself down a little bit but it's one of those golf courses where i wouldn't necessarily think he's going to go well so the fact that he's actually finished third mm-hmm. is actually a bonus like i think some of the shots he's pulling off at the moment is just absolutely obscene and mm-hmm. despite the fact that he's got a bad record here i wouldn't be surprised to see him go well in this so um, yeah, I think I think there's there's plenty to sort of take away from it, but nothing to get. I don't want to get too caught up in it as well because like I think it's a, a completely different test to what we're facing this week. It is, yeah, I agree. Um, so Alfred Dunhill links is is what we're going to talk about before we go on to the PJ Tour, the Sanderson Farms, mm-hmm. which is back this week. Um, a little bit like the last couple of weeks, I suppose. Rory McIlroy's in the field, nine to two. Can of course break the market. Shane Lowry eleven to one, Matt Fitzpatrick eleven to one, Tyrrell Hatton sixteens, and Tommy Fleetwood twenties. And we'll stop there. Mm-hmm. Does Rory worry you at all? Of course. Yeah. Rory Macaroni's playing excellent golf at the minute. Um, yeah, got to be worried, but I think you've got to take him on. I think you know there is 
people there that can beat him. Obviously, if not if he turns up to his best. <laughs> um, yeah. I think his with his record here, um, he's never been able to get it done. So I believe you've got to take him on. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I agree with that. I think I think like you say, I mean, he's obviously was fantastic um, in his first Open Championship here in 2010. He obviously led after round one, then shot a second round 80. And then, of course, we've seen this year what he did uh, in the Open Championship, probably should have won there. And then two runner-up finishes in the event itself. So, yes, he's got to be respected. Um, but again, I just, I just think there's something missing from him a little bit. And I don't know if it's too much self-imposed pressure to, to perform in you know front of big players or, or whatever. Um, but you look at the two people mm-hmm. he's lost to. He lost to Michael Howey and Oliver Wilson. Like, yeah. I think that's the... the Beauty of Lynx Golf. And actually, no, he's, he's had three runner-up finishes because he, he came second to Simon Dyson as well. So that's just not on our because you can only go back 15 years or whatever. Um, yeah, three runner-up finishes in this event is pretty wild. That's um, pretty crazy, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's a. I think it's one of those ones where like, I used to think he could struggle in Lynx. I don't think he does. I think he's actually really good at it. Um, whether it whether the weather turns and that affects him, I don't know. But I, I think he'll be fine. Um, I just think mm-hmm. it's it's one of those ones where it's such a volatile type of event anyway. Like you've got the long rounds, the three different courses that I wouldn't want to take on someone that short. Exactly, not that not that short of odds. I think. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah you want to back him in like a, a quail hollow of those sort of odds if he's playing away, mm-hmm. don't you? Um, That's right. I don't really have too much to say about Shane Larry, Matt Fitzpatrick. I think they're just. They're where they should be in the market, but no real yeah. reason to... I wouldn't say no reason to fear them. Like I sort of said that about Fitzpatrick at the Italian and he obviously nearly won it. Um, but 11-1, to 1, I'm never going to bet those two. No, got to move on from them too. So then that brings us to Tyrrell Hatton, um, who was, mm-hmm. of course, 20-1 to 1 for about an hour earlier um, on Paddy yes. Power. Um which was surprising, I must admit. Um, that was surprising indeed. Yeah. We saw some eighteen to ones a little bit earlier uh, that kind of stuck around, but eighteen and sixteen to one, I just think both still decent. I think prices. sixteen to one is fine. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's go fine. into why we. I mean, you give us the reason why you like Hatton, and I'll sort of just dovetail yeah. off of it if there is anything else. Well, I think it's fairly obvious. I mean, he just boasts just an outstanding record for this event. Um, He's, he missed a cut on his first three starts, but since then he's never finished outside the top 15 in his next six starts here. Um, and that includes winning back-to-back years uh, in 2016, 2017, um, along with two runner-ups. I mean, that alone might be enough to tempt anyone to back him, but he's also creeping into um, some good form. Uh, despite a slow start, he finished eighth, uh, last time out in Italy, and it was a much better performance than what we saw at Wentworth. His irons were much improved, ranked ninth for greens and regulation and 14th tee to green. Um, hasn't won an event since January 2021, which was in Abu Dhabi, and that's just far too long for a player of his calibre. I just feel like he's going to be very motivated this week um, on a you know an event that's been really kind to him over the years try and get back in that winner's circle and you know what he's a, he's a he's a link specialist he won't mind it getting tough if it does and i think we we're expected a few um a few days are going to get a bit rough out there by the looks of it so um yeah i i just feel like he's he's a great bet um at 16 to 1 and uh anything above that 
Yeah, I don't. Look, I mean, like if you if you count the the, the British Open in 2010, he's he missed four cuts on the golf course. Then, like you say, mm-hmm. wins wins twice, second twice, fifteenth um, one year as well, which was a bit of a that was you know fifteenth's a bad result for him. That was how good you know he is. Um, exactly. And then he obviously finished eleventh here at the Open Championship earlier this year. Um, he was sixth at the halfway stage at the Open this year. When he was fifteenth, he was ninth at the 54 hole stage. And the two times he was second, he was a 54-hole leader. So, obviously, much to my joy last year. Um, no, sorry, he was a 36-hole leader uh, last year. And then he was second after the, the, the final two rounds. But probably should have won both of those, um, it's fair to say. So, you know, could easily be a four-time winner of this event yes. uh, in five years, which is just absolutely ridiculous considering he missed the cup three times in a row before that. Um He's just a big-time player, isn't he? Like in terms of mm-hmm. DP World Tour events, maybe not so much majors and stuff yet. Although he's he's creeping into some better results. But you look at his wins: two at the Alfred Dunhill, one at the Italian Open, one at the Turkish Airlines Open, one at Wentworth, and one at Abu Dhabi. Like they're all the biggest events. Um, mm-hmm. Ross Fisher won't like him too much because he's the person who's beaten twice <laughs> at the Alfred Dunhill links. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he's a great bet. I think sixteen to one is. You can't really ask for much more. Like I think it's it's one of those ones where like I'm not going to sit here and say that 16 to one is like the most tremendous value ever. Like that you're going to get on someone, but like it was what it is. Like you know he, mm-hmm. he's 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 been brilliant. So lost to Lucas Bjerregaard in 2018, lost to Danny Willett last year. They're, they're two class players at the time, um, and that's it. So mm-hmm. love Tyrrell Hatton. Um, in in this kind of area down here now, I just kind of going into. I really wanted to back Jordan Smith, which is something I never ever think of, right? I just think. Yeah, no, I wanted to back him last week. But yeah. it was far too short then. I remember you saying that win. before, and yeah. like, he was fifth on this golf course in the past. His ball striking remains absolutely elite. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot have him. And, and earlier, this was there was a bigger gap between the two because uh, Rasmus Hoygaard was fifty and, and Jordan Smith was thirty-three. They're now kind of both forty yeah. and fifty to one, but. 50 to 1 about Hoygaard. I mean, this is a guy that I've actually been a little bit down on both of them. And not in the sense that I don't believe in them, but like people were very quick to anoint them like stars of the future and locks for the Ryder Cup teams and all that sort of stuff. And I said, like, you know, two years or three years in golf is is a really long time, right? And mm-hmm. no, I thought, you know, they've done a lot of it during COVID. And that's not to take away from them, but no crowds, resort courses, back to back things in England, stuff like that. Like, I thought things aligned for them very strongly, but you look at Hoyga, uh, Rasmus Hoygaard's record, right? And he's got two—he's got three wins. Two of them come via a playoff. One of them comes from a, a final round 63 against uh, Bernd Biesberger. He's got a top 10 in the Scottish Open already. Um, he should have won last week. I think that's probably fair to say. Mm. Um, won a little bit of his own undoing on one hole. Um, but also, like, it still took a 62 from Guido to... You know, to win that, and and he won by yeah. one shot. So that just kind of shows how dominant he had been to that point. Like even with his, you know, five over on one hole, he, he lost by one shot. Like mm-hmm. it's absolutely ridiculous. So you yeah. know, you look at the, the best rounds. Like Guido was sixty-two, next best was sixty-six, and then there was a sixty-seven, and then Bryce was sixty-eight. Like he was brilliant. So you look at um, the fact that he was thirty-fifth in strokes gain approach last week, but he was actually first on day one, seventh on day two, fourth on day four. He was 76th on day three. He lost nearly seven strokes on approach, but I imagine almost all of that was on that one hole. 
um, mm-hmm. or certainly at least rallying from that one hole. Um, so I, I'm very happy to kind of throw that one day out with these irons. Just brilliant. I, th- I, th- I think, you know, this is a guy that's got three wins, could have five, um, needs to have a big week in a field like this because he's, you know, he's still only 130th in the world rankings, like even after the form that he's put in. So mm-hmm. I think this is a problem for the DP World Tour, but like, I think he's brilliant. So I thought 50 to 1 on, on someone that yeah. nearly won last week, should have won last week. And now he's got a golf course that. It's interesting, Brad, because like we, we always think of these as like link specialist events, and and we and we've gone and picked um, you know Hatton for that reason. But you actually look down the roll call of winners, and like I think it just generally rewards the people that are hitting the ball the best at that point yeah. or playing well. And you know Victor Perez twenty nineteen, and he's obviously from the area or lives in the area. Pierre Gard twenty eighteen, Ollison twenty fifteen, Oliver Wilson twenty fourteen. Obviously not in massive form at the time, but play well that week. Like. I feel like you can win it without being this massive link. I special. still think they've got a bit in their locker, though, all them players that you've mentioned, you yeah. know, that growing up and a bit of their pedigree is, is Link's golf, you mm. know. Um, so I think the same with Hoygaard, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not I'm not certain, but I'm sure in Denmark he's probably played quite a, a lot of um, Link's golf growing up. Yeah, I think, you know, I think and, the Scandinavians do well. You know, the they? Scandinavians in general... Yeah. show up on Link's golf courses. Um, well, I mean, there's not many people that are better than Joachim Lagergren without actually winning here. Um, exactly, yeah, that's right. Phenomenal record. Bjerregaard, obviously, winning 2018. Fjord Jonasson, 2015. Robert Carlson, 2008. So, like, there is a really strong um, sort of Nordic, um, Scandinavian... Well, don't group it together because I think that, that offends people. But that, that sort of area of, of, the, of the world sort of does well in these events. So... Happy mm-hmm. to just to take a shot. There's, there's no reason for me to think he won't be good at Lings Golf. That's basically the the way I look at it. Yeah, um, I mean he has that temp as well at the Scottish Open, yeah. which is always something to to go off of as well. Yeah, um, glad you mentioned and, that because I said that to you earlier and then wrote this down in my notes. And yeah, no, I, mean, away. <laughs> I, I had a good look at Hoygaard this week as well. I mean, um, I worry that he's going to feel as though he should have won last week, and I don't know how he's going to react based off that I, I feel like he's the kind of cool character that's going to come out and could just show what he's all about like he showed last week he's unreal yeah he was brilliant um i just that was the only thing that concerned me is uh how he's going to dwell on he's how he's lost that tournament because yeah. he shouldn't he shouldn't have lost that no, that tournament yeah. so it's, it's two that. ways to look at it isn't it like i mean one he shouldn't have lost it and he may sort of kick himself because of what he did um at that one hole but also he's if he looks at it in a you know not emotional way like he's lost to a 62 and that was it's the true, best yeah. round of the entire year on the dp world tour yeah uh top 60 all time ever on the dp world tour um mm-hmm. and just happens to come from a guy that gets incredibly streaky at times so mm-hmm. and he uh, showed some stones you know he's to he shoot did. 68 after yeah. 74 um yeah no he, he did and I think at 50s, um, as you were saying, comparing it with like the likes of Jordan Smith, you just feel like you've got a better chance if all your guards up there on a the leaderboard, don't you? You just feel like he's going to win. Whereas yeah, if you're... I, I, I do pick on Jordan Smith an awful lot, but like I actually like genuinely wouldn't bet him this year. I just can't believe um, the number. But I'm just looking back, and so he won at Crans, and that was the, the first start after losing that Kazoo Classic. Um, I say like where he should have won uh, before. 
and then so that 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 kind of gives me sort of hope and then when you look at when he won the the hand of uk championship that was after coming second sixth and third so all of those he would have had opportunities to win so i think that mm-hmm. actually his mental strength looks pretty good mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of backed up by the two playoff wins and one by one stroke so yeah. we shall see like I, th- I think he's i think he's young enough to to bounce back from it what what i would say is it would be a step up it would be it, it, like it sounds weird for someone of his caliber already, but like it still would be a step up from what he's been winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's you know I don't think we can avoid that. Like it would oh, be if he won this week, it would be a big statement. You know, um, we've got some you know we've got the likes of Rory, Lowry, Fitzpatrick, yeah. Hatton in the field. You know, and he's um, still not played. Huge. He's not played big events like that. Often. That was one of the things I was a little bit like when everyone was sort of annoying him as like a future Ryder Cup player and that sort of stuff. Like he's. He's played in two majors, missed one cut, finished 79th in the other. He's played one World Golf Championship. And just a few and, PGA Tour events, yeah, you know, like, like the crappy ones. Hasn't done it yet. And and that's not his fault. He's 21. Like, it's, it's not... Yeah, it, people it, forget how young he is yeah. and his brother. Um, so, yeah, Been I mean... Around look, so long. That's it. I think I think there's probably enough on, on Rasmus. Um, <laughs> we would. Um, I'm going to go with his compatriot as well. So Eddie Pepper was in this area and I thought he was he was decent. Mm. I think yeah. you know, you're interested potentially. I like, I like Eddie as well, yeah. Um but one you know, Stuart and Honestman for me, I mean he was ninety to one earlier and we were kind of talking about mm. this in the in our little group chat earlier. But yeah. ninety to one was ridiculous. Like first glance I was like, oh, he's not playing well enough. He's just someone that caught my eye because he's had a first and second here. But you look He's got a first and second here. He was first for Tees Green last week, seven in approach, uh, seventh in approach, sorry. And then the that was his second top ten approach week in the last four starts. And I know his record here, other than those those two performances, the win and the second, is is really poor. But he missed one because of a court case. He missed one when he was in you know missed a cut when he was in really bad form. Um, you know he's he's done it when he's a defending champion. Like. The, there's been a myriad of reasons why he didn't play after the Ryder Cup. Like, there's been reasons why he's not played this event or not played this event well. So, I think just for the way he struck the ball last week and mm-hmm. basically over the last four weeks, um, I think Fulvio Nelson is is a great bet, even yeah. still at what sixty to one. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, there's there's just so much there you can get into about um, Olison, and also as you said, like. The ceilings there, you see that he's one. He's that's um, that runners-up finish, and as you said, them recent performances, there was all that controversy. Yeah. So um, he's put that behind him now, and look, he's having a great, he's having a great year. Yeah. Um, and we all know what he's capable of. Um, so interestingly enough, you look at so you know his list of results are sort of just listed off for, for Tyrrell Hatton. So Jordan Olsen <clears throat> has won six times. I think Hatton's maybe eight. Um, but Alfred Dunhill links Turkish Airlines Open, Italian Open, British Ooh. Masters. Like, not necessarily that that's the reason why I like him, but like he just seems to step Same. up in these bigger events. Yes, yeah. Um, and like like you said, like the upside of of the organisation is wins, right? And when you do it six, seven times already in your career, um, and you've had basically two years of your life lost because of you mm-hmm. know, your own reason, they're actually both on six wins. Um, I thought off your. Hatton had the edge. So. You'd have thought Hatton would have won, but obviously Hatton's um, he's done it on the PGA Tour as well, which is always something else, isn't it? Yeah, and I think Ollison sort of was out a little bit before him, wasn't he? Uh, a little bit yeah. ahead of him in terms of I think um, Hatton was actually on the Challenge Tour in 2012, whereas 
um, Olison was winning his first event by. Yeah, so that's, that's really weird because only a couple of years in in age, but I think no, that's that, that's, that doesn't sit right with me. That. No, so yeah, it's just I'm just looking. So Hatton didn't actually turn pro until 2011. That sounds mental to think. Mm, it does. Um, yeah. So 11 years he's been a pro, which actually makes him pretty young turning pro. He's only 30 now, so what was he, 19 when he turned pro? But he was on the Challenge mm. Tour in 2012, whereas Pollison was already winning. Um, I think I think Hatton's one of those where you think he's older than he is as well. Yeah, he's just he's, a visual bastard, isn't he? He's Paul? just a miserable old man. Yeah, he's, uh, he's brilliant. Um, but yeah, I think I think both of those players may be a little bit, you know, Hatton and Olison maybe just a little bit underappreciated. Olison mm-hmm. for different reasons, maybe because of, of the controversy, but Hatton just... You know, because he, I think, because he hasn't done it yet in like, I know he's obviously won big events, but not one like a major or even really contended at a major. Like, it feels like he doesn't quite get recognition he deserves. So both of those are, you know, really good players, and, and obviously Hoygaard there as well. Um, talk to me about Matt Wallace. Uh, I sometimes need some convincing on Matt Wallace. Sometimes I think he's brilliant. Uh, Sometimes I think he's a little bit overrated because of that one year, um, but I'm yeah. willing to be taught either way at the moment. Okay, um, so there's 80 to one about him. I chose to take the 66s with the eight places. Yeah, um, smart. Yeah, I, think. I think so. Um, another player, he's just like Hatton. He hasn't won in what feels like forever, but he's a bit bit more longer than Hatton. He's, he's he won last in. Denmark 2018 yeah um and yeah he's had some good performances since then and he obviously came close recently at the European Masters who did he lose to was it oh, Lawrence? Yeah, Lawrence. Lawrence yeah yeah and um since then there's been a couple of missed cuts in Europe but it was his last performance at the, the Fortinet that sort of inspired me to take him this week he finished tied 21st which is steady enough um but he left it until the last day to play his best golf he shot um, final round 67, which was the fourth lowest on the day. Um, he ranked fourth on approach, 11th off the tee, and second tee to green. I just think that might be like a decent boost that he needs return home. And he played well in this event in the past. I mean, not great, but it's like he's got progressive form. Um, he's got better on every trip, like 59th, 28th, um, 15th, I think, last time he was here. Um, and he also has a runners-up at the Scottish Championship, Championship sorry, which is always nice to see. Um, and I just think there's a lot to like about him. I think he's more likely to win here than he is, obviously, over in America, which he hasn't been able to accomplish yet. So, yeah. yeah. A, you say fourth in a pro, I didn't notice that, so that's, that's promising. That, that was final, the fight just for final round. Oh, sorry, okay, yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I was just looking at the uh, round four stats. Yeah, yeah, no, that was cool. Um, and then when you look at um, his course form, I think it's a little bit a case of the, that hidden form again. Like, mm-hmm. he was 59th on his debut, which was, what, 20, I don't know, 2017, maybe 2016. Um, he was 8th round one, 6th after round two. Then he shot 74 on the Saturday, which but I never know without digging really deep into them, and maybe I'll do that later. Uh, whether that was on Carnoustie or not, but that would make a lot of sense uh, if it was. Um, and then he was 28 uh, a couple of years later, where he was the first round leader and 12th after day two. And then when he was 15th, that was the best uh, he could have been because uh, he sort of grew into the event, shot 65 on the final day. But all of that kind of suggests that he's got enough ammunition to get round here, doesn't it? 
Mm-hmm. No, it does. Yeah. Do do you do you think along those lines of me where he, he sometimes gets put in a little bit short because of that 2018 year? Yeah, I, I do think so, but I think that's just. Um, I feel like he's 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 had them uh, like finishes where it suggests that he could have won, you know, like yeah. in, in recent years. So it's, it's like if he'd have got one or one even one of them over the line, then maybe people wouldn't think as much about that just that. Like basing him around that whole year that he had. I think, I think it's tough because I, I go down the lines of like, it's a little bit overrated. He was playing for the Ryder Cup spot, etc. But then what you've got to think of is like, with all that going on, he performed his best golf. And mm-hmm. then you look at 2019, he was third in the PGA Championship at 12th in the US Open. Like, a lot of players don't even get to that peak and he's no, still exactly. got plenty of time yeah. ahead of him. So I feel like sometimes I'm a little bit harsh on him. Not sure quite why I haven't warned to him. Extraordinary talent. Like, um, I just think it's one of those ones where I always think he looks a little bit short in the market. This week, different because of, of who mm-hmm. we've got at the top. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I do like him. Interesting enough, I'd probably like because he always seems to be in that kind of 125 to 1, 150 to 1 um, mark, doesn't mm-hmm. he, for yeah. uh, PGA events. I feel like I would almost just chance him in there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, who knows? But I think definitely not to. Uh, not to go against your pick, I do, I do really like it. So, nice. uh, Ewan Ferguson was for me next. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of saying earlier, like he could be a four-time winner this season. And if I if I can give him two wins, and obviously people can take the two wins away from him that he has got, but Oliver Wilson had to hold an absolute bomb on seventeen in Maiden Himmeland mm-hmm. to beat him there. Then he lost in Kenya on his own accord. He had a four-shot lead, and I think he shot the final around seventy-six, didn't he? But mm-hmm. that means he could have been a four-time winner this season. I don't think that's really sunk in for people. No, um, no, he could have been. And I think I think it's because he's inconsistent and in and out that he doesn't get priced down as much until he does go and win again and then he'll get priced down to 50s or 40s or whatever. But he was 17th here in the past and he was inside the top 10 for the first three rounds as well. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, like I feel... Do I feel like he could do it when it got... Really shitty. I don't know. Like the weather got really hard. I Wasn't, don't know. When um, Qatar, uh, it was uh, windy, windy there. Yeah, and, and when you look at the people that won Qatar as well, like that's a, a pretty promising thing, I suppose. Um, mm. Just thinking back. I think to, he can. I think he's got it in him. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just, it's, you just. I think it's one of those ones. That there's nothing to say that he couldn't. Uh, and you look at it. And he opened with a 65 here two years ago. Shot a 73. And then a 69 to sit ninth after, you know, the 54 hole stage, and then just shot a Sims two in the final round. And he wasn't as well versed as he is now uh, in terms of winning and competing no. and stuff like that. So um, I like him. I think he's a. I think he's a big, big prize. Still 100 to one seven places. Uh, there was some yeah. 125s, um, but it's been picked. No, I think he's a good long year. shot this week. I just sure. don't. Get, I don't get it. I don't really understand why he's not like. Adrian Moronk is seen as a 50-1 to one shot. Ryan Fox has mm. definitely gone off the board. Probably, because he's off the back of two missed cuts. Yeah, um, I just, but like, for how long's Fox been in and out of form now? Yeah, I know, and, exactly. And doesn't play, I mean, it should be a really good event for Ryan Fox, and I must admit I was tempted, but like... When he's getting to the prices now, where you want to get back yeah, on him. But last shows, three events, he, missed cut, withdraw, missed cut. He didn't even have his clubs last week, did he? <laughs> I think he's injured as well, maybe, which is yeah. doesn't help. But um, yeah, I just I just felt like he was, you know, you got a Tagi there at sixty six to one. I know he's playing well, but I, I looked at a Tagi because obviously he's got a brilliant record in Scotland as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's I just 
it, I, I come back to picking on Jordan Smith. Like if Jordan Smith has as hard a time winning as as he does, which is one win and one playoff loss in a career where he's basically struck the ball like Rory McIlroy for X amount of years and and can't follow it up, then why is Ferguson that could have won four times this season hundreds won? It would be it would be a massive step up, a bit like Hogard. It would be a huge statement, uh, especially mm-hmm. at home. Um, so it can't be ignored that, that it would be a step up. Great. Matthew Jordan for you was your final selection for the podcast. Yep. I think the best now is 110 to 1, eight places. That's with the bet 365 each way yep. extra. Um, and I just I just always feel with Jordan that like he should have achieved a lot more in his career by now. Like since breaking through, I've always had him down, like that he's going to go well in this. Obviously, he has gone well in this event in the past, but. I feel like he's going to win it at some point. Um, obviously, that's down to his excellent Lynx pedigree, similar to Fleetwood, played a lot of his golf in and around the Southport area, Liverpool area growing up. And as an amateur, won the St. Andrews Lynx and the Liffin Trophy. Uh, so there's just there's all that there. You just feel like eventually he's going to he's gonna win this event. Um, not always it pans out like that, but um, he's played in this event four times. And on his debut, finished... 32nd yeah. and then his second start finished fifth and he was still only a challenge tour player at the time but since then um he's missed the cut twice which yeah disappointing but also sort of sums him up a bit as he hasn't really kicked on since moving up to this level full time has he so that, that's what that was my concern is like one he's played worse since the expectation has been on like he must self-impose the expectation to finish him fifth when he was still off the tour and playing so well for two rounds when he was, you know, I don't even know why he's still been an amateur. Like, it, he's almost gone, right, I should come back here both years and play well. And you think so? That's Given where he pedigree. wants to make his money. And maybe if, if we're looking at it like he should win or should contend, then he definitely looks at it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. no, so maybe, sure. maybe too much pressure on himself. The other thing, I just, I just can't see him winning. And and no, and I do, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I completely agree. I just think that he offers good each way value. Yeah, like, that is it. He does, and and also I think that the only thing I would say is that like Lynx Golf can, I think you can hide away from like, pressure, but like you can hit a bad shot and get a really good bounce, and like mm-hmm. I think sometimes it gives opportunities for. Um, sort of the, the less experienced winners to have a chance of going round. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely. we've seen Ollie Wilson win after years of not doing it. Um, you know, it, it, it it's an interesting one. I think Nick Doherty mm. won here in 20, 2007. Obviously, he had one once before, but wasn't necessarily a, you know a perennial winner if he, even if he was good. Like, I do think it opens up the opportunity to to get something done. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I that fifth place finish still remains his best finish at this level in terms of like ranking points. It's, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's weird. Nuts. It's weird because we expected so much from him, and I think it's... yeah, no, I do. I, I have. I've always expected more from him. I think he's a brilliant ball striker when he's on song. Um, I just but... worry that. It's just that he's got that, he's had that he's had that fourth place finish. Obviously, like that's why I'm sort of chancing him is because yeah. he's he's he managed to cons- made three cuts in a row. Obviously, before last week's missed cut, hmm. um, he had and that included that fourth place finish in Denmark. Um, and you know what? He he doesn't have much experience in contention, and it showed that week in Denmark because 
he kind of the final round of 70 he lost by three shots and you know it just never looked like he was like gonna win it you know um but i just think there is just enough there to sort of tempt me at the price um and he, he missed a cut on the number last week he fought back from a first round 73 um but yeah like you tough to envision him winning you never know um but I do think he's good each way value. That's yeah, I think, I think anyone here, like, you know, if, if you're if you're 100 to 1 or, or bigger, like, you do have to consider each way value. Like, I don't think Joachim Lockerkin's playing well enough to win, but, like, he can always finish in the top three. Like, it's just what he does mm-hmm. here. Well, oh, he, he closed with a, a 79. I'm sure people are still going to be jumping on him this week. Yeah, yeah. Just... yeah. It doesn't matter. He'll just show up. <laughs> yeah, and like I don't, I'm, I'm not going to go back to Southgate because I think with Southgate there's a there's a ceiling at the moment. Um, mm. He finishes, okay. maybe he finishes 12th here this week, and it still looks really good. And you maybe want to back him again in the future. Yeah. But when you look, I'm just looking at sort of like Matthew Jordan's. I've just put in tour tips like when he's finished between first and fifth. Um, obviously, the one the one time he's finished first was at the Italian Challenge Open. Yeah, Challenge Tour. Yeah. Um, but it's not like there was the 70s final, 76 final round in Qatar when he was the 54-hole leader, which is disappointing. But Himalandi obviously shot a 70, but 70 is not horrendous. Then you got 66 final round in Portugal, 69 final round in Cran, 66 final round Wales Open, 68 final round here. Like you could argue that actually he's, he's a pretty it's, good final round player. It's just it's just he's it's maybe not, not enough. in that position. Yeah, tough one. Interesting. Mm. Talking of challenge tour. The Swiss Challenge last week was in France. Is that right? It was, yeah. It was. It was. It, granted, it was by the Swiss border, but yeah, it was in France. Yeah, I, I didn't need that kind of headache. Like I saw like Matthew Baldwin saying, like, I had a great week in France last week at the Swiss <laughs> Challenge. I was like, yeah. Matthew, come on, Matthew, what are you talking uh, about? And then I looked, and I was like, no, right. I had this headache when I was looking into the course. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> uh, but that wasn't related anyway. That, that, that's um, so. That's you for your for your selections uh, this week. Yes. Um, Final one for me, the other Fitzpatrick. Um, mm. I've been really impressed with Alex Fitzpatrick rec- recently. He's been um, awesome. You know, he turned down Liv, turned professional, turned down Liv. He was the fourth best amateur in the world at one point, which I'd, I kind of looked back to see what his pedigree was like. Like, I seem to remember there being a decent amount of hype around him, but I always wondered whether it was because he was... He never played much over here, did he? No, he was... no. He only ever played in the States, as far no. as I'm aware. So I think that's why he hasn't been... It's been more bigged up because he's Matt Fitzpatrick's brother rather than his accomplishments in amateur golf, right? So, um, whereas he's had three, I think he had three collegiate wins, um, you know, fourth best in the world at one point in the amateur rankings. That's plenty good enough. That was a Wake Forest where obviously, um, is that that was Zalatoris's, um college, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, think. I think so. So, you know, pretty impressive uh, college career. And then you look at it and like you think, okay, he's turned down Liv. I think that's a pretty easy decision for someone like him mm-hmm. because you know it, it because of who his brother is. And well, because... it helps his brother's around his got his arm around his shoulder as well. Isn't it? Yeah, and the fact that he knows he's probably going to get invites because of who his brother is. Like yeah. that, you know, that is just the, the nature of it, right? Mm-hmm. So then you look at what he's done with those. He missed the cut of the Irish Open. Not too worried about that. I think that was maybe one of his first starts uh, on the DP World Tour. Mm-hmm. Then yep. he goes and starts playing in Canada a little bit. Um, finished yeah, that 60th, was 63rd. But then he finished 11th at the Ontario Open, where he was inside the top three after 36 holes. Then he finished 24th in Quebec. Then he comes and misses two cars. 
Then he comes back to the DP World Tour, 27th at the Italian Open, which we talked about where he was taking the piss out of Matt for being one yard yeah. ahead of him uh, in yeah. tournament statistics. And then he comes to the French Open last week and finishes 13th, never outside the top 16 at any point during the week. Um, yeah. and what makes, the Canadian, makes the Canadian tour standard looks good. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, <laughs> it does make you think, yeah, maybe he's actually uh, something to look at there. Um, but then you look at the fact that he was 11th in strokes gain approach. He had a, a top three approach day on Saturday, a uh, top 20 approach day on um, Thursday. That's like a that's a huge improvement to what he showed in Italy. Like he played well in Italy without actually striking the ball very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was ninth in tees green overall. So then the question is, is he going to be like uh, his brother at this event who hasn't played it very well? Uh, three missed cuts, 15th, 21st, 26th. Or, and to be honest, that's probably all I'm expecting from him. Like a, a, twen- a 15th or a 21st place finish, whatever. I would probably say back him top 20. I am going to back him out, right? I'm going to back him. There's 300 to 1, 350 to 1 about him. Um, but I, I think I think this is a person, I think we've seen it at this sort of event. We've seen it, we just played about Matthew Jordan doing it. Like, if Matthew Jordan can finish fifth here, like when he's still on the challenge door or still you know, cutting his teeth. Why can't mm-hmm. Alex Fitzpatrick? Like, it depends what how you view him. Like, I think sometimes it's a, as a positive and a negative being having the same name as, as someone that's, you know, really famous. Like, yeah. is he just expected to be good? And if he doesn't do wonders, is he a lit down and stuff like that? But mm-hmm. also, um, you know, 15 to 2 for a top 20 was interesting. Um, yeah, that's... It's pretty decent. I, just, I just, just think he's playing well, and I just don't. I don't see any reason why he couldn't be good at links golf. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know. I think. I think we get too caught up in like, oh, we have to see them being really good at links. And... Well, I think you do. Yeah, I. I, I you don't have to. Um, obviously, you don't know. We've seen it. It doesn't always relate. Yeah. But I, I always like to see a little bit. Of course, we do. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. If, if you ask me, like, what if there was a three hundred one shot that was had a whole bank of top fifteen, top twenty finishes here and. You know, it showed something the last week. You're obviously going to go with him, but like, I kind of like this little element of unknown about mm-hmm. him. Um, yeah, I think I think he looks good. So. No, I like it. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that was basically me it for for that mm-hmm. event. There there was a couple I kind of liked. Tom Lewis. I did look at Bjerregaard just because he's shown life and he's obviously a former winner, but there wasn't enough for me to go off to, to yeah. sort of suggest. It. And the other really random one, I thought. Was Marcel Seam? He came up a couple of times in uh, the course form. I think he mm-hmm. played well at an Open before, but he's got like 11th and 15th place finishes on this golf course, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was impressive. And you looked, and he's actually hit the ball okay in recent starts as well. So um, yeah, Marcel Seam was interesting, but I wouldn't, wouldn't mm-hmm. bet him for any reason really. Um, anyone else for you? Yes, there's some. Uh, there is one more player that I will mention who I've been following for a while off the mini tours and, and on his amateur career. Yeah. I've backed him twice on his two starts in professional golf, and that is Sam Bairstow. He's thousands to one, <laughs> but I'm not backing him uh, outright. But he's eighth amateur uh, ranked amateur in the world. Um, he's played. He's very, he's really good at links golf. Like I've, I've seen him. Um, pick up uh, wins on the, um, what, what tour, sorry, the clutch tour and stuff, yeah. like beating beating some good pros on there. Um, and as well as on amateur level, he's 10th at the Litham Trophy. Um, he didn't do too well this time round uh, at St. Andrew's Lynx Trophy, but he's finished, he's finished well there before. Let me have a look. I'm just looking back. 
Yeah, he finished. He had three events in 2021. Yeah. Um, the Scottish Men's Open Championships, sit St Andrews Links Trophy, which is most important, fourth. The Amateur Championship, fifth. Um, and yeah, he's just got a really good uh, Links pedigree, um, and he good in the wind as well. I've seen him win um, a tough event in the wind and he made the cut at the open. Uh, I think he, uh, which I backed him for a top 40 there, which right. was ambitious. So that, that was what I was going to say. I think I've seen to remember you having this exactly the same. Yeah. I'm, I'm really big on him. Case I'm, for the open, didn't you? And yeah, he was I'm there, so wasn't he? Big. He was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he made the cut. He had a third round 79, which cost him really like, um, he was on course for maybe making the top 40, which is what I bet him. Yeah. Um, and he missed a cut at the Hero Open in Scotland, but it was good. It was 71-69, you know, it weren't bad. Um, hits an outside shout, but again, I'm probably just going to play him in the top 40 market, which the market should get released tomorrow, so I'll be keeping my eye out on that. Yeah, I mean, I think he was he was 51st, 55th after day one, 66th after day two of the Open Championship. Um, so... Yeah, he was there. There is uh, some prices out for top 40. Bet 365. Uh, let's just have a look. Sam Bairstow, 11 to 2 for a top 40. That's not bad. Paddy Power is probably the one to look out for. Yeah. Um, they're normally the juiciest in terms, um, and sometimes boil, but they're very temperamental whether they want to price up that market or not. or not. Interesting enough. So, yeah, I, th- I think there's a, a great group of players out. I'm, I'm pretty, I wouldn't say, yeah. Uh, I've lacked a bit of confidence recently in picks, but like I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the card we've built uh, between mm-hmm. the two of us. So I think there's yeah, some, I like some it. really talented players there that um, are coming back to their best stuff. I will just uh, sort of go back through our chat to see uh, sort of Jason's list of players. So he was, I mean, again, I don't know whether these are people that he's officially picked, but he was just talking to us on his short list. Uh, he was looking at Robin McIntyre, Phil Vinson, Cameron Sheet Quinn, George Gozier, and Tom Lewis. So, if you want sort of an insight into what Jason was thinking, that's where he is. He hasn't actually uh, published his selections yet, and obviously isn't with us tonight. If you hadn't already guessed, he's not just been very quiet. Um, Sanderson Farms, um, Brad. Yes. <sighs> Struggled with this one. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's not the most appetising of it's, betting boards. It's a, I like the event. I, do, I actually quite like the golf course. I like the event. It's just mm-hmm. I find it very hard to get excited when Sam Burns is a 9-1 favourite, despite the fact he's obviously just come back from the President's Cup. And then you've got Sahith Vagala, 20-1. Yeah. Um, and then, and it's, it's hard to then know what to do. Um, so I, mine's made up mainly of, of outsiders and I've got one I'm really excited about uh, which I shouldn't be excited about because he'll probably miss the cut mm-hmm. um, but it's I will... a good, good event to take outsiders you know we've seen, we've seen it here in the past and I we? think I think with this as well you can get a different set of winners here can't you like we, we've yeah. seen Sergio oh, win it but we've seen and Ryan Armour like... yeah, yeah like the, the, they are the, that's the two most polar opposite people in the world isn't it so yeah um, yeah, Ryan Armour and Cameron Chap, that sums it up. I don't need to go through a list. Um, we've seen Cody Gribble win here, who then just oh, yeah, yeah. never sort of did anything after that. Is he the one that hit the alligator? You always see that video every now and then. Yeah, I think um, it was, yeah. Sounds like Cody Gribble. So, Sam Burns 9 to 1, Sahith Agala 20 to 1, JT Poston and Russell Henley 25 to 1, Denny McCarthy, Sebastian Munoz 28 to 1. And I'll stop there. Um, I've gone with JC Poston, and mm. I don't feel great about it. Uh, it's not one of those ones where, like, he's fifty to one; it makes all the sense in the world. But 
And it, you've got to get over this kind of sticker shot. Like people will say, oh, you shouldn't be backing JT Posen at 25 to 1. Look, the field is shit. Um, and it, and it's just as simple as that, right? Like he's made his first five cuts here before he missed the weekend last year. And he had 11th and 3rd place finishes during that time. When he was 11th in 2019, he was first after round one, second after round two, and fifth after 54 holes. So he was right in it up until the final day. This is before he'd obviously gone on and been the winner that he is. A um, year later, finished third. He was second after round two and first going into the Sunday. So twice in as many years, he's he's been in the mix and had a chance. We look back at his sort of current form, second at the Travellers, then he wins the John Deere, and in his sixth stance since he's had four top 21 finishes uh, against two missed cuts. So really there's there's nothing there's not many players in better form like no. over, in recent form of jt boston's and you can forgive the the miscut at the open yeah and and, and actually I, I thought he'd do quite well there because i thought you know driver and wedges is kind of his, his ballpark mm. um but his best he's coming, off, coming off a win though as well wasn't tough it? wasn't it like late late charter over or whatever um his ninth was in the 72 hole scoring at tour championships obviously limited field but that is that is the highest he's finished um, but he's been in top 20 in strokes can approach and tees green since basically in terms of this field so I do like JT Post and I think he's a he is improving still um, and it's a field that he can win him yeah I mean he's not someone I considered I think that's because I just saw the number I just don't and like you I should I agree with everything you said uh, you know I just think it's my stubbornness, and I'm like, oh my god, JT Poston, twenty in the twenties, yeah. And but really, you know, you make a great case, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Oh, I mean, I would say the same thing about Denny McCarthy, twenty-eight to one. Oh, and, I definitely agree with Denny like, McCarthy. He's yeah. got the same sort of appeal, really. Um, then my sort of eyes were sort of cast to Thomas Dietrich and and Taylor Montgomery. I mean, Taylor Montgomery have been very. I high love on. Taylor Montgomery, but I think it's very tough to take him at that price. Yeah. Um, I just. I, I had in. doubts, didn't I, over him being fifty to one at the Fortinet, um, and yeah. Justin Sir, which was like the biggest slap yourself in the head moment. Um, but like, he, this is as low as he's going to get for the whole season, uh, unless he wins twice. So, why not just wait and see? Um, I, I'll happily see him win at that price and not feel too bothered at all that I missed it you know no. even though I wrote him down and I was like I really like him this week um I do um but I just I can't take him at that price I really no, can't I can't um Thomas Dietrich I, I thought was the price was pretty decent he's playing well both tours um mm-hmm. just have obviously doubts about whether he can win um, no odds discrepancy I can't even say that word discrepancy there no there? everyone, oh, everyone loves at 40s uh, apart from Sported Index who have gone very shrewd in at 35 to 1 <laughs> Um, so then, you know, that was, I mean, that's why I kind of went with Poston. I was like, look, if I'm not too keen on Montgomery at 28 to 1, I'm not too keen on Munoz at 28 oh, yeah. to 1, Bradley's 40 to 1, but isn't doing it. Scott Stallings, I thought, was decent. Um, mm-hmm. but I just thought Poston was, you know, the, the pick of the bunch there. So that was that. Then I wanted to go with Sepp Stracker, and then I saw he's missed four straight cuts at this course and just led me to believe that. He probably mm, doesn't. He's great really. on Bermuda, isn't he? And it's, he is. That's why it doesn't make much sense that he's been so poor over the years. No, so I, th- I think I think sometimes I've got to get over that and just like he probably will just play well. well. He's hitting the ball well. I think he's going to get a lot from his perform his recent performances. Obviously at the FedEx Cup, you know, I think that's going to be huge for him. You know, yeah. take away uh, confidence booster. So we'll see. Yeah, but I, I agree. I, I'm interested to see how he goes, but. 
that the miscuts are enough to put you off, I think. Yeah, like, and they were never bad. Like, they've never been really bad miscuts. Like, he's always mm-hmm. been in with a shout, but um, just just not for me. So, this person I did want to go for. Um, interestingly, Brad, I think like if we cast our minds back a little bit. Like, I kept trying to find a reason to back Harris English when he was coming back from injury. Uh, I mentioned him a few times, and obviously, finally showed showed his he's back in his last start. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I mean, it was his, he struggled to get back to playing at his best, hasn't he, since oh. his injury? And um, but there were just signs last time out at the Fortinet that he probably isn't that far away. I mean, he three rounds in the seventies, but then he closed with that final round sixty four backdoor to ninth place finish. But yeah. I mean, granted, it was purely down to a, a hot flat stick, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he gained four point three one strokes parting on the field in that final round but you know it might just give him like a much needed confidence boost and it might spark you know the rest of his game to come to life you know, yeah you know that's one positive result like that um so yeah and he's, he's played here three times he's got better at every visit missed cut 39th and sixth back in 2019 where he when he last played and yeah he's just there's just so much to, i think there's just enough there to take him because he's He's a four-time winner, isn't he? And he's two of them wins have come on Bermuda grass. So, yeah, I just think he's a good bet this week. Wasn't it the Century Tournament of Champions and where was it? TPC Southwind, yeah. which actually uses the champion Bermuda grass greens, which we're going to see it this nice. week. So, yeah, I like him at 45-1. to 1. I think he's a, a good bet. Yeah, I think he. I think he's fine. I think it's one of those ones where, like you say, it was driven by the flat stick, and that kind of put me off. But I, I take your point that that can just he he could just be lacking confidence, and then all of a sudden he gets into top. Could just spark it all into yeah. place. Yeah, everything can come in. Can't we? We've seen like Guido has a good game you now with his irons, and still not the best with his driver, but everything sort of came together enough to to get the win. So we see it. Um, Taylor Moore for me. Back to the. Back to an old trustee who still hasn't actually paid me off anything yet. Um, he, I just think he's got something. And he was 53rd year on debut, which is, I think, back in like 2017, which means he wasn't really um, playing anywhere at the time. And then he comes back in 20, comes back last year and finishes 17th, um, opens with a 66, shoots a 67 on Saturday. Um so, you know, top 20 finish there. 36th at the Fortinet last time out, but he was actually 5th at the halfway stage. And then you look at some of the courses that get sort of compared to this. He was 6th at the Rocket Mortgage and 5th at the Wyndham. So you can obviously play that kind of Donald mm-hmm. Ross-style course. So I like Taylor Moore. I think there's, I think there's more to come from him. Um, didn't love the price, but I think that there's some you know, different opinions out there at 50s and 33s. Mm-hmm. So 50s, 8 places, I quite liked him. Yep, I like that. And even if though that... that... On his debut, it was only that seventy-eight final round, wasn't it? Yeah, really... I, just, I just think he's, I think he's really talented, um, and and he's shown it. Him and Alex Smalley, both of them. Um, yeah, I, I, really see, like I keep, I'm, I'm big on Alex Smalley. I keep grouping them together, and I don't really know why. Um, but I think it's just because they keep getting priced similar and they keep performing similar rates. So um, I do like that. I did look at Aaron Rye. It feels like a me too. Peter yeah. Malnati, Ryan Armour. Um, even kind of like, I guess, Nick Taylor and things like that. Like, feels yeah, like Aaron, he's that sort of Aaron player. Aaron Rye, he's a really good 
like ball striking display last time out, wasn't it, for him? Yeah, despite those horrible two gloves that he has going. Um, <laughs> he should oh. learn not to do that based on Tommy Ganey's story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't ultimately go with him in the end. Um, but Benny Ann for you is next up. Yeah, I, I mean, first and foremost, brilliant to see him back on tour. Um, he made brilliant comeback appearance last time out. He was finished fourth. Uh, probably a little bit annoyed he didn't capitalise on his position at the halfway mark, but I'm hoping he can get himself in the mix again this week. Um, he's one of the biggest hitters on the Corn Ferry Tour. He followed that up um, last time out. The Fortnite ranked second in driving distance. We've seen all kinds of winner here, like we had said earlier. Um, the champ come out and said the year he won that it's a course that can be overpowered. And obviously, you can play it the other way as well. And he ranked 14 for greens in regulation and 16 in putted average um, last week. And I love to see a much improved performance with the putter from Benny Ann with on both the Corn Ferry Tour and last week since losing his card last year. You know, that's always been a problem of his. Um, similar to English, uh, he's another player that's had a lot of success on Bermuda Greens over the years. Finished third at Sedgefield, twelfth uh, at TPC Southwind, and most importantly, a third here at Country Club at Jackson back in 2019. Um, and his only ever, only other appearance here was a missed cut. Um, but he's definitely a confidence player. I really wouldn't be surprised if he was to follow up that fourth place finish with another good display. Yeah, no, I really like Benny Ann. I think he was definitely one that I was kind of drawn to. Um, just one of those ones where I think it's a bit of an overreaction to, to what he's done uh, price-wise, which is mm. ironic coming from some of the people that I've picked. Um, so, yeah, it, there wasn't really... I have no negatives about Benny Ann. Uh, you just have to make opinions, and I went with Taylor Moore in that spot, and then you went with Benny Ann. So mm. um, I, we both seem to like each other's picks in that range. So um, Yeah. Good, good I'm, I'm trying to look track. back quickly just at his form. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I was thought that he went on a massive heater on the Corn Ferry Tour before he won, but he didn't. He missed. He didn't. No, it was a bit volatile, and then one wasn't before. it? Yeah, it was pretty volatile. Yeah. Um, I, me- I mentioned I mentioned Nick Taylor uh, earlier. So he's missed his last three cuts at this golf course, but his first four starts at Country Club of Jackson was a win on debut, and then he was twentieth, twenty third, and twenty sixth. And when he was defending his title, he was eight for the halfway stage. And then he came back a year later and he was eight for the halfway stage. So mm-hmm. he's, he's been in and around the top 10, but the first three years of being at this golf course. Missed the cut in 2020 despite being 28th after day one. So he's right in position to do well again and just didn't. Mm-hmm. Bit up and down since winning, obviously, at Pebble Beach so well. Uh, you know, really, really well. Obviously, mm-hmm. like, he was he was great that way. Didn't he go wire to wire? I think it was. I think it was. Um, so, like, just really impressive. And we haven't seen the Nick Taylor that, you know, we've seen in these two wins for a long time. But go to the, the Fortinet, and he opens up with a 67, and then he shoots 67, 68 on the weekend to bounce back from a second round. Just season. that one round. Yeah, yeah. 75. Uh, in round two, which kind of cost him to finish higher in sixth. So sixth place finish with a 75 on your card uh, sort of suggests that you're in decent form. Coming back to a golf course you've played well at in the past, um, he was 12th in approach at the Fortinet, Mm -hmm. and he was second tee to green. So like ball striking was just excellent. And I, I just, I don't love it. 
but I don't love the event. Um, and you know, just trying what to find what price did you get him? He was nineties, I think he was. Oh, that's uh, a good price. Eighties yeah. is is readily available. Eight, pro, uh, eight yeah. places. He's nineties. I think that's nineties eight places with the each way extra. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Yeah, so I think that's I think that's a pretty good price. Um, even even the eighties, I'd be fine with. It's you've got a winner there, and I did look at Justin Lauer, but like he hasn't got that winning pedigree. Looks mm. kind of shocked when he gets in in contention. Yeah, um, he so, is a bit of a nervous wreck when he touches the front. Yeah, which makes sense, right? Yeah, he's not mm-hmm. not been there often. Um, no. Last couple for I'll let you go first. Uh, I can't pronounce this guy's name. MJ Dafu. I, I always yeah. say about Dafu. I always say Dafu or Dafu. I always try to give myself oh, yeah. some sort of French tone. But MJ <laughs> Dafu, um, Monday Q sure. legend, isn't he? Yeah, that's us. Yeah, I mean, he, he became a bit of a Monday Q bandit for sure. Yeah. Like, he used to get through so many of them. Oh, he's struggled to really ever settle on a tour. Like, yeah. he's always, I think he played a few events on the Sunshine Tour, never really did too well. Then obviously came over to the states i think he lives in texas yeah um and then he started playing the corn Ferry tour but it, it wasn't ever it was only like five or six events seven events something like that and then he would go and play go back somewhere else and play He's, he never settled and it was only this year he's had his first full season playing um you know like consistent events on a tour and that was on the corn Ferry tour and yeah. he absolutely smashed it like the only thing missing was a win um, he finished 11th on the Corn Ferry Tour points table, secured his PGA Tour card. Um, he had two runner-up finishes and uh, three further top fives this year. Yeah. Um, and one of those runner-ups finishes came at the Lacombe Suncoast Classic in Florida, where Benny Ann pipped him by oh, a yeah. shot. Um, and that's Bermuda Greens again. I wouldn't remind a repeat of that this week, <laughs> the old uh, forecast. Um, but yeah, he's another big hitter. Ranked third in driving distance on the Corn Ferry Tour and twelfth in par five scoring, which is important this week. You've got to make the most of the par fives. Um, he missed a cut last week, but hit the ball really well in his second round. Ranked fourteenth on approach um, and tee to green, just couldn't putt. Um, so I'm hoping a change of service might do the trick this week. Um, he's coming off two missed cuts, but it was only a month ago he finished runners-up at the Boys Open, so his game isn't far away. Um, he's a birdie machine. absolutely just love him in a birdie fest. Yeah. And um, what's even better is that he's played here before um, where he didn't have much status and he was just flicking around on defence. Probably, uh, probably was Mon- Monday Monday Q. qualified, yeah. Probably Monday he qualified, yeah. And he finished 12th yeah. um, in his only ever appearance here back in it was 2020 yeah and uh i just think he's leveled up as a player since then yeah um and he could he could spring a surprise this week at big odds i think 150 to one um I, let's have a look now um i've got um, eight places i don't know if that's there anymore um that's, yeah 150, 150 to one there still, but six yeah. places um Get 125s, so, eight places. 125s, eight places is fine, yeah. And if you do it with Ladbrokes, you can boost to 140. So there you go. There you go. He yeah. he was right up there at the US Open, wasn't he? He was he was, he was one back while. on the day one. Then he actually took the lead in day two for a little bit. And mm-hmm. the person he got beat by the Alberson Boys Open was Will Gordon, who has actually been in pretty good form and someone that I looked at for this. So um, 
but I like it a lot. I like a lot about that. Yeah. I think he has stepped up. I think you know he, he qualified six times uh, in 2021 for um, yeah. you know PJ Tour events, which is. I think he's someone that could get off to a good, like a fast start as well. So we've we've kind of seen this with people like I mean he's a bit older than the, the likes of Corey Connors and stuff, but we've seen people that you know just kick on from you know they they take a while to get out there. When they do, they they kick yeah, on and definitely. he could do that. I mean he's I think he's his such a late was, bloomer. Yeah, his really mum is. died or something. I think I seem to remember a story of that like like tragic. Like when, mm. and I think that set him back and. That just is what it is, like you know. That that yeah, takes some time to get back from. So, um, not not to bring the mood down on him, but I think there's a reason why he probably sort of bounced around a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was you done for the Sanderson Farms. Um, yes. I've got one more, and this is this is drum roll, please. This is the one I've been excited about. Um, mm. Jimmy Walker, who basically it, it caught my eye because he put something on um, Instagram and. And I do get caught up in his Instagram things quite a lot. I so do as well. I'm a it, it could be complete bullshit, right? Um, but he was like, he basically said, so I've been reflecting on last week and today. It's been a big eight days for us. Blah, blah, blah. He's talking about his wife and kids. Uh, we received a gift from golf and felt compelled to take it. I didn't know what to expect. After the results compiled, I was blown away at what I still have in the tank. It is just one week, but I still have a shit ton of talent, uh, period. There was some serious WTF, WT last week. I don't know what that means. What the fuck? One, something yeah, I, was, I don't know. I was trying uh, to work that out. Couldn't work it out. Um, but he's like, but if you look up the stats, this could be really fucking fun. Um, it's up to me to let it go. And you look at said stat, and he was first uh, in the field at the Fortinet for birdies. He made 22. Um, he did also make 13 bogeys, which is why he didn't win. Um, but he was first in strokes gain approach, and you know, fourth tee to green. So he, he's now saying that he's really confident. You go to his course form in 2020, he was 46th, but he led after round one. Yeah. And then last year, when he's out of form, 15th at the halfway stage. So now he, he's calling himself the man, like swearing on mm, swearing on Instagram. There. I really like it. So he's what, like 300 to one um, with as eight many places. Paddy, yeah, yeah. Eight places. Uh, 400 to one on Betfair. I, I might just bet him win only just for the sake of it, just see what he does. But like. You might as well take the eight places. Well, you I guess. could get a massive price on the exchange, I think. He's four forty at the moment. I'm hoping oh. he sneaks out. I, did I think this... you get bigger, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I did have this slight suspicion that someone else might put him up just because of those T to green numbers mm. and, and approach. But I really like it. I think you know he's shown that he likes his golf course, um, and he can. We know he can win. Like it's been a long time, and gotcha. I think he was a guy that it took so long for him to win that when he finally did, he just enjoyed it. And he's mm. like into his like astrology, and he's into his steak and bourbon and all this. He's sort a pretty of cool dude. He's a proper good old boy, isn't he? So like he, he just lived the life, right? But ultimately, in the end, he's a six-time PGA Tour winner. And yes, it's been six years since he done it, but he's done it on the biggest stage. He's beaten Jason Day at the PGA Championship. He's beaten Jordan Spieth in Texas. He's beaten Dustin Johnson at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Like, yeah. what more does a guy need to do um, to, to impress you? So I yeah. think I think he can do it. Uh, I think there can be a little renaissance. We see one every year uh, from a from a veteran. Oh, and, God. Uh, we do, don't one. we? I like it. So Jimmy Walker is my... I wouldn't say my favourite bet. I, re- I like that. I like that a lot. I, I remember you told me quite early on, and I was, I was like, I do like that. I yeah. haven't taken him, but I think I might have a little um, exchange punt 
when, when I said it, I, I put it in a couple of group chats and someone just came back saying Jimmy question mark as if there was another that's, walk that's, that I should I think be the first picking. word I said to you when you said he's going to win, I was like, that's rogue. Yeah, you said rogue and I was like, oh, let, me, <laughs> let me tell you something. Um, but yeah, so no, I'm looking forward to that. Adam Schenk, I liked in the, in the long shot range, um, 200 to 1, um, but just mm-hmm. nowhere near how I felt about Jimmy Walker. So I think that's it, Brad. I think we'll, yeah. we'll sum up there. Um so I'm going to go back to the Dunhill links. So I've gone with Tyrrell Hatton at 16 to one, Rasmus Hoygaard at 50 to one, Theobion Odison 66 to one, Ewan Ferguson 100 to one, and Alex Fitzpatrick at 300 to one. Uh, your Dunhill links picks for us. Dunhill links. Um, I've got Tyrrell Hatton 16 to one. Best about him now. Um, Matthew Wallace 66 to one, eight places, or you can go 80 to one, six places. And uh, Matthew Jordan, 110 to 1, eight places with bet 365 each way extra. I like that. Uh, going over to the, the Sands and Farm, I love the way you, you, you full named Matthew Wallace because you knew you were going to go right into Matthew Jordan there. <laughs> um, Sands and Farms, JT Poston, 25 to 1, uh, Taylor Moore, 50 to 1, Nick Taylor, 90 to 1, and Jimmy Walker, 300 to 1. Uh, nice. Brad, your three thoughts out of pass. I've got Harris English, 45 to 1. Um, I've got Benny Ann, 66 to 1. And MJ Dafu, uh, 150 to 1. Definitely one of the better names on the PJ Tour, MJ Dafu. That's um, pretty cool. If I, can, if I can ever pronounce it right, then it'll be. Yeah, I was always hoping um, Chip McDaniel, he was one of my favourite guys yeah, to bet like on the Corn Ferry Tour. I was like, what a name. Chip Don't, Daniel. What people need to be careful of this week, if you see C Young in any odds, that is not Cameron Young. Carson. Like 500 to 1. It is Carson Young, who uh, has come off the web.com. Yeah, that's well pointed uh, out. Yeah, someone so, yeah. might. Just be, yeah. just be careful. And, and that's not to say, because I, 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 I've seen Carson Young like come up on leaderboards a couple of times. and So luckily I know who he is, but like, <laughs> yeah, I could see that being an issue for someone. Is Brandon Matthews the guy that bombs it like Oh, God, he yards? hits it. Absolutely, miles probably further than Bryson to be honest, and anyone else on this tour. Let's see what Brandon Matthews does this year, um, but maybe not for this event. Right, Brad, that's us done for the week. Um, job. I actually really enjoyed summarising those picks, especially mm. uh, in the Dunhill links. But the Sanderson Farms got more exciting as we talked about it, so um, always enjoy that coming back onto the TVs. So we'll be back next week, and uh, Brad, good luck this week. Mm-hmm.